just a minute. And uh, if, if my guys would kind of, uh, media guys, be aware of the temperature in here, okay? Uh, kind of be thinking about it. I don't know what it's going to do. There might be a front move in here. I don't know, something like that. So, you know, we want to be sure that everyone is comfortable uh, in this place. Genesis chapter number two. Uh, got just a few more things I want to share with you today about, uh, about marriage. We begin this series probably the week before uh, Valentine's Day and just, just had some things I wanted to, uh, that God had laid in my heart that I wanted to, I wanted to give to you today. But Genesis chapter 2, I've been talking about this passage of Scripture several times. I thought today that I would go ahead and read it, and it's found Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse number 18. And here's what it says. It tells us this. Let me grab a drink real, real quick. It says, Then the Lord God said, It's not good for man to be alone. He said, I'll make a helper who's just right for him. So the Lord God... Uh, formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would call them. The man chose a name for each. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and he closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. And now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. The title of this series is Making Marriage a Masterpiece. Uh, there was a man that was driving down the road one day. How many of you guys know that we need to, we, we'd be wise to listen to some of the advice that our wife gives us? Can anyone, can I get a witness in this place today of that? I think back in my own life, some of the worst decisions I made is when I didn't listen to my wife. <laughs> you know? And there's a lot of macho guys here that are going, nah, I don't know about that, I don't know about that, but take, take note from someone who's been married at least a couple minutes, okay? We need to listen to, to the things that our wives have got to say to us. There was a man driving down the road one day, uh, probably a single man, okay? He's driving down the road all by himself, he's in the car, and as he gets ready to go around a corner, there's a lady that's coming in a car the other way, and as she, they meet, she yells at him, pig, 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 and it makes him so mad. He rolls his window down, and he says, witch, 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 and he rounds the corner, and he hits a pig in the middle of the road. <laughs> What's the point? The point is a lot of times guys overthink stuff, <laughs> and in our overthinking it, you know, our our wife says something to us, and we get offended at it. We get upset at it. We get mad about it. We overthink it, and she's just trying to help out, okay? And, and so, anyway, thought, thought I'd start with that today. Uh, if you're not married, and, and I've been saying a lot of things. In fact, I was talking to my buddy Justin before church, and Justin asked me, he says, who's preaching today? Who's talking today? I said, well, I am. He said, Is, what are you going to say? 
Same thing he said last week. <laughs> Same series, okay? I've been saying a lot of things to married people, okay? Today I want to say some things to people that maybe are not married, okay? Uh, so if you're not, if you are married, okay, let's work and strive to have a better marriage. If we are married, let's work and strive to, uh, to, to be a better team and a better partnership. If we're not married, you say, well, I'm not married and I'm never going to get married. Every person is a candidate for marriage, okay? Now, Paul talks about this a little bit. He talks about, you know, if you're married, you know, we, you need to be content in that. You need to strive for that. If you're single, you need to be content with that and work on your relationship with God. So wherever we're at, that God is taking us at the place where we are at right now. And uh, so we want to, whether we're married or whether we're single, we want to think rationally. We want to think clearly. We want to have, have, have the mind of Christ that we can be the person that God wants us to be, whether it's a single man or a single woman or a married man or a married woman, that God wants us uh, to, to lead, whether it's a, being a, fa a father or a mother, that God wants us to be all that we can be in him. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people get married. They say, well, I just want to share my life with someone I'm looking for someone to make me happy. If you're looking, if you're looking for someone to make, your ha make you happy when you get married, it ain't going to happen for you, okay? Because if you're, a, if you're a miserable person right now, you probably when you get, after you get married, you're going to be more miserable, <laughs> okay? Someone else is not going to make you happy. I had a guy who come to me not long ago, and... Uh, he was talking about all this joy and happiness that was going to come when we got in a new building. And I thought, that sounds really good. You know, I really like that. But, but then God began to convict me a little bit. And he said, Bob, where's your joy and happiness right now? Okay. Our joy and happiness should not be in a person, a place, or a thing. It ought to be in the Lord. Okay. That we're pressing into God. That we're finding joy in God. That we're not continually discouraged. We're not continually depressed. Because we know that God is in control of all things. So someone else is not going to make you happy. But there's a lot of reasons we get married. We dream of being loved by someone else. We don't want to get old and be all alone. We want security. We want a home. We want a family. There's a lot of reasons that people get married. The first point today that I want to make is this. Marriage is from God and not from man. Marriage is, an, is, is not an invention of man. Rather, it is from God. It was ordained and it was instituted by God. And so God's got a lot to say about marriage. Whether we write him off or not, if we would be wise enough to listen to God, our life would be a lot better than it is right now. Our culture would be a lot better than it is right now if we would simply take God at his word and realize this, marriage is from God and not from marriage. Marriage is God's design. Marriage is not man's design. I don't care what man says. It is God's design. And God gave us marriage. One of the most important reasons is for home and family and children, okay, and companionship that God gave us marriage. The very first thing you'll notice in the scriptures that I read to you in Genesis chapter 2, loneliness 
was the first thing that God called not good. Why? Because God created and designed people as social beings to live with one another and to be joined together in marriage. Woman was the first person that God created for man to live with because God looked down when he created Adam and he said, it is not good for man to be alone, okay? I don't like to be alone, all right? I really don't. You know, every year our, our ladies go on the women, their women's retreat in September, okay? So mark it on your calendar this year. Hey, let me also make, make mention of this. This week, on, on Thursday night and Friday, we're having our LINK conference, which is a conference in Jefferson City. It's, this year, it's ha just happened to be at Solid Rock in Jeff City, okay? Last year, it was in St. Louis. It's, it's normally in some other place. Happens to be 30 miles away. If you're interested in going to that, come and talk to me, okay? You can, you can just show up if you want to, but come and talk to me if, you want to, if, if you're interested in going that, okay? Talk to me. It starts Thursday night at 7. It's Friday during the day. There's some classes that's going on. There's some, there's some various topics that's going to be happening and, and, and just uh, coming together teaching. If you want to go to that, come and talk to Pastor Bob. I'd love to help you and, and accommodate you in going to that. But uh, anyway, God looked at Adam. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. We got this ladies' retreat every year in September. My wife goes to it. Obviously, she has to. She's a pastor's wife. She loves to go to it, okay? She enjoys to go to it. <laughs> I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth again, all right? And uh, when she goes, I just, I just don't like, I don't like to be alone, you know? I just, what am I, I going to do? I'm going to sit around and, you know, whatever. I'm just going to sit around, twiddle my thumbs or or do whatever the case may be, and just, uh, I just, it, it's, I don't like to be alone. The scripture bears, bears, it's not good for man to be alone, okay? And God saw that. It wasn't good physically, there was no partner, it wasn't good emotionally, there was no one to share the burden, it wasn't good spiritually, there was no one to share the faith. Marriage was given and designed by God. And today, you might be sitting here, and you're single, and you say, well, I'm just a single person, I'm not married, I have no, uh, I have probably no, you know, really doesn't look like marriage is in my, in my horizon. What am I going to do? Listen, be the person that God wants you to be. Press into God, all right? Because God knows everything. There's some people, and they're trying to force a marriage to happen. They will take matters into their own hands. They'll go out, and they'll go clubbing to try to find a mate. They'll go out and they'll try to do whatever they can. If they have to, they'll borrow a mate, okay? They're seeking a relationship that God never ordained or God never intended or God never designed for them. Why? Because people, many people today are seeking a relationship on their own terms. If God, if marriage is in your, in your future and you're a child of God, God will bring that person to you. There's a lot of people that got it all wrong. They said, well, I've got to go find him or her, and then God's going to, then I'm going to bring God into the equation. No, if, if that is for you, if, if God has got marriage in your future, God will bring that person. The steps of righteous people are ordered of God. In just the right time, God will bring that relationship 
together. He'll do it. Let God do it. You don't have to force it. Let God do it. And in the meantime, be the man or the woman that God, be the single man or woman that God wants you to be. If you've got children, be the mother that God wants you to be. Be the father that God wants you to be and has designed and created you to be. Be the faithful person that God has designed and God intends for you to be. And there's some people that say, well, you know, I'll never get married. There's no way that ship has sailed. But you never know. Marriage is from God. God determines the future and the steps of every person is ordered. We had a lady that went to our church several years ago. This was a long time ago, okay? This is back before I, I think maybe Debbie and I had first got married. This was a lady that came to our church. She'd been living with her mom in Kansas City. Her mom died. Her mom passed away. And this lady was, uh, uh, she'd lived a really a sheltered life. She was a middle-aged woman. Uh, she, had some, uh, she, she had some mental deficiencies. Uh, she was a wonderful lady. Uh, she, was, she was a very friendly lady. But there's just, when you met her, you would think, this is the lady. Her name was Maxine. Maxine is, is probably someone that would never get married. All right, but let me tell you this: that that our lives, our times, our seasons are in God's hands. She was a great lady. We'd have testimony services. How many of you guys can remember a testimony service? You ever been to church? We had a testimony service. People would stand up and they would supposedly supposed to say something good good for God, but a lot of times it was just you know talking about disasters and stuff like that. <laughs> but she would stand up and she'd just go crazy, man, in her testimony. And she'd get ranting and she'd get raving and the lady sitting next to her would finally have to, Maxine, it's time to sit down now. You know, after 10 minutes, it's time to, you know. And just like, you look at her and say, that, that, she's a nice lady, but she'd probably never get married, okay? But, but our lives are in God's hands. She loved God with all of her heart. The time came, she met a man in St. Louis. She met a guy in St. Louis at one of our camp meetings. And they started dating had a long-distance relationship. They started dating, started courting, and eventually she got married to, to Leroy. And then she left our church, moved to St. Louis. The guy went to, they went up Brother Terry Miller's church up at Living Waters in St. Louis, Missouri, and, and had a wonderful time, had a wonderful marriage. Listen, we don't know what our future holds. So if you're married, be faithful and consistent in your marriage. Be the husband God wants you to be. Be the wife. If you're single, be the, be the godly man or the godly woman that God wants you to be. Take the responsibility that God has given unto you, wherever you're at right now. And know this, that if the time is right, that God will bring that person into your life. If not, that's okay too. That's all right too. All right, but God, here's what he did. God gave Adam a comparable helper on his timetable. That's key. So if God's going to send you a comparable helper, it's going to be on his timetable. God gave Adam a task. He said, God, he said, Adam, listen, I realize this. You need a help me. You need a companion. I'm going to get around to it. But in the meantime, he said, I've created all the animals, name all the animals, tend to my creation. Here's what Adam did. He did not complain. We got too many people complaining about everything today. He did not complain. He did God's will. He waited on God. He trusted in God to meet his every need, including companionship. And let me, 
let me put my two cents in. If, if gas goes to $9 a gallon, God is still going to meet our needs, okay? God is still in charge. God is still in control, okay? And everything's going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. God is still working. God is still moving today. Adam trusted in God to meet his needs, including companionship. So if you're seeking a spouse, first do God's will in your life. If you're seeking a spouse, first find and complete God's assignment for your life and perform that assignment very well. And in time, I believe that God will bring you a comparable helper. Modern men and women today don't want a comparable helper. Here's what we want. We want the right packaging. <laughs> Said comparable, who cares about comparable? I'm just looking for, I'm looking for this. He's got to be this tall. He's got to be this build. His eyes have got to be this color. He's got to have so much hair. We got all these crazy things. It's not comparability, but rather it is packaging today. And what we find is after, after we say I do, we find out that the packaging really ain't what it was cracked up to be in, you know? I mean, I've, I've bought products before. They look good in the box. You with me? They look great. I said, man, I'm excited about that. That's cool. You see what that thing's going to do? Wow. That's the neatest thing I've ever seen. I, I got it home. I took it out of the package. I plugged it in. The thing was a piece of junk. Okay? <laughs> Don't overthink this, folks. Don't overthink this, all right? God will design, if you're single, God will design a mate for you that will do this. Edify you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and, yes, physically. God gave Adam a mate that was tailor-made specifically for him. So we got to be patient. We got to be patient. We got to wait. We got to wait on God. We got to wait. God is going to bring us, if, it, if it's God's will to bring you a companion, it will be for your good and for his glory. So live for God. Do God's will. Whatever the assignment is, do it with excellence and in the right time. Now, when Debbie and I first got married, we had no idea what we was getting into. I was thinking about Timothy and Brianna going to be getting married two weeks in two weeks from today at four o'clock in the afternoon. Right? These guys getting married. All right. Ethan, I told him was driving my young, my youngest son, our youngest son. We're driving to church this morning. I told him, I said, son, five weeks from today, you're going to wake up a married man. I remember when we were there, okay? And when Debbie and I got married, we had no idea what we were committing ourselves to for the rest of our life. We had no idea of what the future was going to hold. We had no idea what it meant to be committed until death do us part. But after only a few weeks, I remember, I think our first, I think we got in the first big fight over something silly, like one week after we got married. It's the most ridiculous thing. I remember that. But you see, reality begins to seek in. This happens to all newlywed couples. But praise God, we had some good Christian leaders and pastors and mentors who gave us some good 
advice. And we listen to it and we learn from it, okay? So we need to do that, all right? As, as newlyweds, as a couple that's been married five years or 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, we can, we can seek advice from others that have, are experienced. We can seek, we can seek uh, counsel from, from those that have, have maybe weathered some storms in their life. And so God will help us in that. Today, people are trying to rewrite the, the rules of marriage. Modern psychologists and marriage counselors suggest that in the future, marriage will not be for a lifetime. They say in the future, marriages will have term limits because after all, people get bored, people get tired, and you can buy a car with a 72-month payment plan, so why in the world, why can't you have a marriage with a 72-month plan, you know? And then at the end of 72 months, if you don't like the car, <laughs> if you don't like the companion, if you don't like the mate, you can just trade them in on a brand spanking new one. One that's better, more exciting, got better features. Now that's ridiculous. Kind of sounds like something from a bad Orson Welles movie, okay? But remember this, marriage is from God. And God didn't write and God cannot write the laws of marriage. God cannot, or man cannot write the rules of marriage. But we got to go back to what God says in his word. And if we'll get back to the simplicity of God's word, you say, well, I don't necessarily like, it doesn't matter whether you like it. It works. The word of God works. And God has given us these rules today. Marriage is not subject to my whims. Marriage is not a conditional con contract. There's no conditional clauses in marriage. The pastor, I've married many, many couples, okay? There is not a place in the marriage vows that state, if the husband loves the wife, then the wife is obligated to love the husband. There's nowhere in the marriage vows that says that. There's nowhere in the marriage vows where it says, if the wife is submissive to the husband, then and only then is the husband obligated to fulfill his commitment to his wife. No, marriage is an unconditional commitment. Mar I, let me say it like this. Marriage is an unconditional covenant into which two people enter. Enter. There's no escape clauses. But sadly, because of divorce, it's like, all we got to do today is say, forget it. I'm done with it. I, it's over. I'm gonna, let's just get a hold of an attorney, and we'll just move on. Why? Because we've, we've changed the rules of marriage. We've made marriage something that God never intended it to be. But commitment is what makes a marriage last. Point number two, really quickly. Let me see how much time I got here, okay? Point number two, true commitment is giving of one's total self. Now, I know that there are those of us, and we've been in fractured relationships. There are those of us, and we've been wounded. We've been hurt in the past. And because we've been wounded, we've been fractured, we've been injured by someone else, we got our guard up all the time. And we say, I am never going to let that happen to me again. But 
If you're going to have a marriage, if your marriage is going to be a masterpiece, if your marriage is going to be what God intended for it to be, there's got to be an unconditional covenant of commitment. And that is this, that is giving of your total self to that other person. You say, Pastor Bob, I don't, I don't like the sound of that. It's risky, but it is fulfilling. It makes marriage work. It makes marriage last today. It is a total giving of yourself. But the problem is in our society, we are consumed with this me syndrome. It's all about my joy. It's all about my happiness. It's all about what I want. I've dealt with couples before. I've dealt with people before they had an affair. And they said, well, the reason I did it the reason I followed through in that affair is I just wanted to be happy. And I deserve to be happy. That is me syndrome. That is, think, that is forgetting the covenant marriage that God has put you in the middle of. You see, here's what people want. People want what makes them feel good without re regard for their husband or regard for their wife. We want someone else to make us happy. We want that other person. We're looking for joy in all the wrong places. We're looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. We got to come together and realize this. We are committed to one another. We are in an unconditional commitment or covenant to our spouse. And me syndrome will never work in a successful Christ-centered marriage marriage, but rather it's totally giving yourself to that other person, and it's about giving. There will be times, if those of you that are married, newlyweds, Timothy and Brianna, Ethan and Alexis, all of you other married couples, those of you that are single and maybe one day you will be married, let me say this to you today. Mark this on your calendar. Your spouse will disappoint you. <laughs> your spouse will make you so mad you can't see straight. And you want to slap them silly. <laughs> it will happen, all right? And when that happens, now remember, but remember this. We're in a covenant marriage, okay? We're in a marriage of unconditional commitment. And so even though they disappointed us, even though they made us mad, we are still committed. We're committed in this covenant relationship. We are committed. You say, what's commitment? Well, true commitment, anyone here ever went bungee jumping? There's probably someone here. Bungee jumping again. <laughs> Timothy did. You're getting ready to in two weeks, buddy. All right. <laughs> Commitment's kind of like bungee jumping. All right. True commitment. Unconditional commitment, because once you step off that platform, there ain't no turning back. There's no making up your mind. There's no changing your mind. When you jump, you're not going back. And in covenant marriage, partners are committed to one another, and they're committed to their marriage. And so when your spouse disappoints you, your commitment is going to be super-duper low. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe that bum did that. Because, but because you were in a covenant marriage, 
and your commitment to marriage is high, regardless of how you feel, you're not going to bail out. You're not going to give up. You're not going to quit. You're going to go through today. Commitment means giving. Last point. There's no convenience in commitment. No convenience. Commitment today is more than maintaining. You can be miserable. There's a lot of people today, they're miserable going through the motions of marriage. They've got resentment in their marriage. They've got resentment going through the motions. Every day is a struggle from them because they've got their eyes off God. They've got their eyes off of the covenant marriage. They've got their eyes off doing the will of God. They've got their eyes off being the man or the woman that God wants them to be. And they've let their emotions take control of their marriage. There'll be, there are many times and many days that we don't feel like being married. But we know this. We made a commitment and a covenant before God. And we're investing. It's more than maintaining. It's about investing in our marriage. Every day, we're investing in our spouse to make our marriage better. Every day, we're working toward change. Today, the only person you can change is yourself. We've all tried to change other people. We've tried to change our husband or wife before. You can't change them. That's impossible. But this one thing is true. You can change yourself today. You've got the power to change you. So here's what we've got to do. We've got to work and strive to fix and change what needs to be fixed and changed in us. And as born-again believers... We need to renew ourselves in Jesus Christ. If you were, as a, as a born-again believer, as a Christian, if you will renew yourself in Christ, it'll revolutionize your marriage. If you will get to where you need to be in Christ, your, the whole dynamic of your marriage will change. You see, Christ loves us. Christ is committed unto us. Christ has given himself to us. And we, as we renew ourselves in Christ, it begins to show up in our marriage. Life is full of changes. Marriage is full of highs and lows. There's massive changes for, for newlyweds. There's children being born. Then a second child, growing families. As you get older, there's grandchildren. We move from being an apartment dweller we move from being a renter to a homeowner and, and on and on and on and on. We, 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 we go from, from doctor's visits to dentist visits to bills and op obligations. There's all kinds of changes. Life is full of changes. Some of them are pre very predictable, all right? That time and age and seasons happen to all of us, and some changes are predictable. One day... Uh, young families will see their children grow up and they'll, they'll be living in an empty nest. No children, no longer, children no longer living in the home. Some changes are predictable. Other changes are unpredictable, like the loss of a job. Some changes are unpredictable, like uh, economic downturn. Some, some changes are unpredictable, like sickness. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, I've got some bad news for you. You get a horrible di diagnosis that you've got some type of a, of a disease. It's, a, it's an unpredictable change. Listen, if we will commit ourselves to God 
if we will renew ourselves in Christ, if we will renew ourselves in our marriage, a lot of us need to do that. We need to renew our love for our spouse all over again. And if we will renew ourselves in the Lord and grow in God and, and, and just grow up and be the man or, or woman that God has created and designed for us to be, your, your spouse needs you today. Your spouse needs your support. Your spouse needs your love today. They really do. Because change holds the potential for growth in our marriage. And in spite of changes, God is doing a continual work. In spite of changes, God is going to use the change. God is going to use the, the, the crisis to make me a better person. God can use the crisis to make me a better leader. God can use the crisis to make me a better husband or to be a better father. God can do that today. And we got to walk with him and trust him. God, God uses circumstances to build us up and to build our character. Husband, God is using your wife to build you up. Wife, God is using your husband to build you up. And so let's allow God to do a great work in our life. I, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. Marriage. It's been given by God. It, it was given in the Garden of Eden there in that place. God created a man. Then he brought a comparable helper, created that comparable helper for, for Adam. They came together as one. God blessed them. There was problems because sin came into that garden. And God evicted them from the garden. But, but God continued to draw them. And God continued to have a plan for them. God's got a plan for you. I don't know. Maybe you've had adversity in your life. There, I, I think about the people across this building. I think about folks that's watching online today. I know that there's many of you are going through struggles and difficulties. Many of you have had disappointments in marriage. Many of you have experienced failed relationships. I understand that. I understand that. But God takes us exactly where we are right now. And He loves us. He cares for us. He picks us up. Picks us up. He wraps His arms around, around us. And He says, listen, you, you've had disappointments, you've had struggles, you've had problems in your home and problems in your marriage, but I'm going to take you from where you are right now. I'm going to take you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to lead you. Stop trying to change your husband or wife. Let me change you. Let, let the Holy Spirit deal with you about things that need to be dealt with and things that need to be released be the man or woman that God says this. Be the man or woman that I've created you to be. And then other things will be able to come together and they'll be, be able to come to place in your life. I'll do that for you. I'll do that today. you got to trust in God. Call upon God. Learn to talk to God on a regular basis. Learn to get into God's Word. And God will help us. And God will teach us. Let's close with prayer today, and then we're going to stand and we're going to sing and praise God for just a while. Lord, right now, God, we're so thankful today 
that you gave us marriage, the family, the home. Because God, you created us to live together, to dwell together with one another, to help one another, to share one another's burdens. And help us, I pray, God, whether we're married, whether we're single, whether we're looking to get married or we think we'll never get married, God, help us, Lord, to trust in you, to walk with you, to find your will for our life, to find our assignment, just like Adam found his, your will and his assignment, and he did his best in it. He did his assignment with excellence. And when the, when the time was right, God, you brought him his wife. You brought him Eve. And God, I, I know you're going to be with us. You're going to help us. You're doing a great work, God, right now. In people's lives right now, there are those that are broken. There are those that have experienced rejection, abuse, loss. They feel like damaged goods. But Lord, you love us. Help us, bless us, trust us, as, or help us as we trust in you, God, and walk with you. Bless us, I pray, God, in all these things right now. In all these things right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's stand today, and let's just sing a song. Just draw a circle around.